Hey everyone, welcome to Ask On Location. We got some great questions for you, so stay tuned after this great intro. Hey, so since it's summer, we decided to take Ask Outside, do it a little bit differently, give you a summer edition of things. Uh, maybe you recognize this shirt, it's a little bit of an older shirt. This is the one that I wore for a promo that Steve didn't tell me was inside out but I, I've forgiven him, it's okay. Uh, so, got a few questions that people have asked for this week, and just to remember, you can ask your question about the Bible or life or faith. Um, just go to our website, cornerstonebv.org, and uh, there's a media page, and then an ask under that, and you just drop it down and um, just fill in your question. We definitely uh, need them. We're kind of getting close to the end of some questions that, you know, trying to clean some things up in the next few weeks. So definitely submit your question. So uh, three good ones today. Um, the first is really straightforward. Took my uh, counsel a couple of weeks ago seriously. And it just is, what is the Bible's definition of sin? What is the Bible's definition of sin? So really, if you just look at the meaning of the word sin in the original language is the Hebrew and Greek, which is what the Bible is mainly written in, um, a little bit of Aramaic mixed in. And, and, and it just means to miss the mark or to stray from the path. And, and, and so that just means what is the mark? What is the path? It's what God has laid out for us. What is the truth of God's word? What is God's will? And when we go outside of God's will, um, that's sin. And, and it's, uh, it's really important to remember then, it's, it's not sin as we collectively decide or as a specific pastor decides or um, what violates my conscience or yours or what uh, a culture decides is wrong, because that's always changing. Uh, sometimes for the better, and sometimes not for the better, for the worse. And so it's what God's will is, right? It's, it, it, and so whenever we do something, commit, that's the sin of commission, that's outside of God's will, that's a sin or whenever we omit something that God has called us to do, we don't do. Um, that's sins of omission, we call them, because they really come from the same source. That's when I decide to be on the throne of my own life. And I decide, Jamie knows better, uh, and it becomes a very self-focused thing. Like, Jamie knows better about, uh, you know, what kinds of words to use towards people, how to treat someone in a specific situation. Jamie knows better about sexuality. Jamie knows better about, you know, how to raise my kids, right? And it goes outside of God's will, I have sinned. And so if you really want to know, you're like, well, what does the Bible say? Let me just give you a, a, a few rapid fires here. James 4:17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. So, right, if you know what God's will is, you know God's word and you don't do it, it's sin. First uh, John 3, 4, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. God's law, let's keep in mind, right? Galatians 5, 19 to 21, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, in case you didn't know, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is sin that separates us from God, which is why we need our Savior, Jesus Christ. So hopefully that helps. Second question is, kind of took a long time getting around to it, so let me summarize. They're asking, what are the uh, waters above the heavens? There's some verses, um, Genesis 1-7, Psalm 148-4, and other places that talk about the waters above the, the heavens. And, Basically, Genesis outlines this idea of a firmament, which is the, the, the skies or those that we can witness, uh, I should say, the things that we witness up in the sky, right? The firmament, that's kind of a general term for it. Um, God created the earth specifically, you read in Genesis, with water under the sky and water above the sky. So, 
Um, what is this or what is it describing? Some think that pre-flood, I've answered this before on Ask, so bear with me if you've heard it. Some believe that pre-flood, because it says there was never, until the flood happens, there was no rain. Um, yeah, it was paradise, right? So there had to have been moisture. And so some believe there was a water canopy, right, all around and there was natural springs also that came from underneath the ground. And so they were sort of enclosed in this canopy. Also could explain why human life went so long because it, you know, it blocked the sun's rays and it was, it created an environment where life could be much, much longer. Um, again, that the Bible doesn't necessarily say. It could just be a term referring to the clouds. When you think about the sky, even right now, it's kind of cloudy uh, today. It, it, that's all moisture. That's, that's water up there, right? And that's how the, the, the system works. So uh, it's, you know, I like the canopy idea because it's just kind of cool to think about, but it's either one of those two things that God created. Okay. All right. It also tells you, by the way, that, that uh, God really has a system in place. The organization of how our planet works is just ma majestic. And it was designed clearly. It didn't evolve, it didn't blow up and happen, it wasn't by chance. Clearly, there's a creator behind all of it. All right, one more. Does Jesus still exist as a human body, even after ascending to heaven at the end of his incarnate earthly ministry? I like those words, fancy words, right? So basically, you're asking, is Jesus in the form? Because we know when Jesus, he's eternal, um, so he he's, he's, was not uh, ever. Um, created. He is God. He's the perfect image of God. He's God the Son, second person of the triune God. So he's, he's eternal. But when he took on flesh, that's when we celebrate Christmas, right? He came, he was born, and then he lived fully God, yes, but also fully human. So he had a, few, a human body. He experienced all the things that our human bodies experience as far as weaknesses and, and, and get sick and also the joys of eating, etc. right? So, um, he, uh, he had a body and then he died. He gave his body for us. And then he rose in victory. And it's clear after his resurrection that it was in bodily form. There was some ancient early uh, false teachings that said he was just in spirit, but he was a physical. Um, they touched him, right? Uh, Thomas touched him. He ate food. He spoke. They recognized him. They rode to Emmaus. They didn't, but that was... That was more Jesus making that happen than because of his body looking different. But it was clearly he had a, uh, a new resurrected body, right? Then when he ascended, it was clear that his body went up and he said, I will come again. And the angels that were left said he will come the same way as he left. So everything tells us that yes, he will. He sits at the th right in the throne of God. He is bodily, but it's his resurrection body. He's the firstborn from the dead, the Bible calls. So that means he is the first because he died and rose. Now those of us who trust in him, when we die, we will also rise and we will be given a resurrected body similar to that. Um, so yeah, every biblical evidence points to the fact that Jesus still, even though he is in glory, he uh, still has his resurrected body and always will. All right, great questions. Remember to ask your questions, cornerstonebv.org. Uh, we need them. So uh, hopefully we'll see you this weekend as we continue our Colossians series, Saturday at five or Sunday at nine or 11. Live streams at 11. God bless, talk soon.